And it's the 14th, you know? Oh, are we? What? Welcome to Crash Your Radio, <laughs> episode 514. On, on October 14th, 2023. Uh, we hope all of you survived Friday the 13th and weren't axe murdered, because uh, that's a bad day. That would that be happens. bad. Yeah. That would be bad. Uh, thank you to Mark D for, for recommending Volpec. This is Animal Spirits from Volpec. All right, I'm gonna pour this one first because I know we're not gonna drink the whole thing. So okay, <laughs> cool. So y- you're gonna start with something from Founders Brewing Company. This is their French Toast Bastard, which is their backwards bastard with the breakfast treatment. They say eleven percent, eleven point one percent alcohol by volume. <laughs> Starting out light, fifty IBU, but it's really. It's just all about that first impression with this beer. Okay. Uh, Age in oak bourbon barrels with vanilla extract, cinnamon, and maple extract. Yeah. So they have like, I forget what the original one's called, but they had a Scotch Ale, Bastard, or Old Bastard or something. And then Backwoods Bastard was the bourbon barrel version. Mm. And now because of flavors, they made a French toast version of it. It smells so Breakfasty. It smells like Aunt Smell, Jemima. It smells <laughs> like to me. It smells like if you're making like French toast flavored candies. You know, like where you know, like a hard candy that you mm-hmm. suck on, but it's like like or, a butterscotch or, candy, or maybe French toast jelly bellies. You know, that kind of thing. It does have a lot of like I don't know if artificial, but definitely a lot of vanilla extract mm-hmm. aroma. Mm-hmm. Sweet, very, very sweet. I and mean, I would, I would expect as much. Yeah. But why incur the cost of putting it in bourbon barrels? Is my main question. If you're going to mask it with so much flavor, I, to make it a whale, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um, but yeah, this is kind of like. Let's turn everything up to 11 and uh, then add some extra things to it and also make sure those are overboard as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Yeah, just add peppermint extract too. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just, yeah, it's a thing. And that's about all it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon picked up a four-pack of this before Maker Camp. She also picked up a case of... Um, Southern Tears Harvest IPA. Um, you figure a seasonal beer, easy peasy, freshy, mm-hmm. you know, from last year. Oh, wow. It was yes. best by January 1st, 2023. Hmm. Which didn't say that on the box. It said it on the Good for them for not inside for not, uh, the box. Telling you. Do you get a Circus Peanuts flavor from here? Because I, I think it's just the oversweetness. It just, it, it's just like, Sugar. Mm-hmm. So much. Um, I, I, it's been so long since I've had circus peanuts. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. It's just oversweet. It's it just like mm-hmm. sweet, too sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just not enjoyable because it's. it's it, it, it's fun for like a sip or two, but after that, it's just like, okay. It's too artificially. Artificially, 
Too artificially, artificially? made. <laughs> Artificialiciousness. Yeah. Artificiana Oh, we don't have a... A dump bucket? I still gotta find bu- the it's behind you. Beer dump bucket. I know we have uh, well, it. There's... I'm saying the the official Craft Beer Radio it's dump bucket. I know I moved it here. It must be here. <laughs> so um, while we're <laughs> clinging and clanging, well, I mean the thing is the AI will probably completely oh my get some of these out. It, well, it's a it's a dump bowl. That's just big. Dump, just dump it. <laughs> dump it. Dump. And we can. It's a nice. It's a nice mixing bowl. We can mix that beer into something. Later, just, uh, pancakes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, I I wanted Greg to experience the the thing. It, it has been experienced. And now let's go on to this Prison City farmhouse sale. More than that, that's uh, switching. Uh... <laughs> Everything's a switch. Do you want to do the other um, imperial stuff? No, 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 no. Uh, okay. Well, we got to go. Oh, that's what I had next on my list. No, it's not really true. That's fine. Okay, so you're heading up all the way to Prison City with a capital P, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is Northern Lights, a farmhouse ale, soda-aged mixed fermentation farmhouse beer with noble hops. Tetnanger, in fact. Uh, 5.3% alcohol by volume. Here, let me get all the glasses so I can try to not have stratification. Mm. So, so Shannon, yeah. what have you been doing lately? What have I been doing lately? Well, I'm pouring this beer. You might as well regale us with a story. Oh, well, I recently learned how to power carve. Power carve. Power carve. And what is power carve? Is that like carving a power wheels? Uh-huh. Or carving with power, like a power glove, like a Nintendo power glove? No. It's, no. it's carving with a Dremel tool and making beautiful, or not so beautiful in my case, um, wood objects okay. like a spoon. I made a spoon. Uh, and today I worked on a piece of cherry wood, right? Uh-huh. And carved some mountains into it Ooh. and uh i mean i do remember in my woodshop class starting with a piece of wood and ending with a piece of wood so i did accomplish yeah that. <laughs> that's what woodshop is is turning one kind of wo- piece of wood into a slightly different piece of wood yep but what makes it power carving instead of whittling with a knife or uh, a gouge or something like that it's a tool so we have a couple different size tools. We have a Dremel, which does smaller, fine mm-hmm. detail stuff. But then we also got these um, carving discs for an angle grinder. And that's like pretty aggressive, mm-hmm. like makes sawdust fly everywhere mm-hmm. and kind of a exil- uh, little bit of adrenaline oh, yeah. pumping. And uh, yeah, so she, uh, we just got this th- those things in the mail. Um, Yesterday? Yesterday. So just getting started. And uh, I had to I had to do a couple of repairs on the angle grinder. So it was safer for well, doing before something. We, before we get right. too far into it, but it, so it's like it, 
what's a big scissor thing's called? Shears. Shears. So it's like shears versus like an electric hedge trimmer. Yeah. 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 But so, yeah, you just have these, you should, uh, I'm not going to go get it, but the, uh, the kind of, there's a couple, two brands that are really popular right now in these kinds of power carving things. There's one called Cutsaw and one called Sabertooth because there's burrs on it. So it's C-S-A-B-U-R-R, get it? It's funny. Um, they, Sabertooth was at the maker camp that we went to. They had this big uh, tab- table set up with the little kind of Dremel stuff um, yeah. that you could use. Um, but the when you put it on an angle grinder, it looks like uh, this just giant spiked wheel of death that you're like cutting <laughs> it really one does. out. It, it's it's a pretty it's a thing. <laughs> it's a little intimidating, but it's also exhilarating and really fun to be glittered up with sawdust from head to toe. I didn't wash all of the French toast out of my glass. Oh, I mean, no. Oh, no. But look. Uh, I can't this, smell this beer. I smell French toast. Oh, that, that's too bad because I smell this beer. Yeah. It, smells, it has a nice right? um, weedy, weedish and sort of lemony. Oh, yeah. I even poured water into mine and drank it, but I still smell oh. that damn last beer. What, you gonna do? Oh, what the hell are you doing, Cooper? He threw up or something. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Oh. Now he's eating it. Get out of here. Hey. Go. Oh, boy. Oh, he lost all of his dinner. Oh, oh no. That's, that's for Jeff. Yeah. I can't do it. Because I'll lose mine, too. And then he eats it, too. So that's a <laughs> exciting. So He while... likes to clean up after himself. Mm. Let's talk about this beer while while Jeff is uh, you do that? Of, um, uh, I don't know. Did you pause it? Because you can pause it, you know. Yeah. We could pause it. Yeah. We should. I would have definitely. <laughs> All right. We're, yeah, back. we're back. First time the show has ever been delayed by dog puke. Thank you, Cooper. Don't do it again. Yeah, I was trying to lick up whatever I didn't wipe up. <laughs> An idiot. So the the flavor of this beer is... Oh, well, it's a farmhouse. It delicious. It's um, it's got a little bit of a Brett thing there. It's got a little bit of that dustiness. Um, yeah, dusty. After the last one, it's an overwhelming amount of like flavor. This is much more subtle. Mm-hmm. So getting my tongue sort of used to it, and also I think it's a little cold. So I can bring out one of my first little things here. Yeah. Uh, you know Vsauce. Yes. Do you know of Vsauce? He's a One of the YouTuber, science, science YouTubers YouTuber. that we watch, but he doesn't put out too many videos, so we haven't watched him lately. Oh, okay. So. But he does have this subscription thing, this curiosity box, which is a bunch of science toys, and that's kind of right up my alley. Mm-hmm. So this came in the newest curiosity box. <laughs> this is a Denary dice set. A Denary is a, is a, a group of 10. So these are 10 dice of all different Oh, uh, okay. So I've I've seen like his shorts where like he was rolling like mm-hmm. the one-sided dice. Yeah. You know, so, so like first off someone's going to like how do you have a one-sided dice? And here it is. It's a basically it's a cylinder with sort of tapered ends and if you roll it it will always come up as a one. Oh, these would be fun to carve. <laughs> could totally do that. These are supposed to be like guaranteed to be as fair as possible too. So Guaranteed to be what? I'm as sorry. fair as possible. Oh, really? So that one should 100% of the time <laughs> turn up to be a one. Really? 
Yeah, go for it. Roll it. All right. It came up as a one. It's a one. What a surprise. Yeah, the interesting ones are the ones that are not like the botanic solids that we're used to. Yeah, so like this one that rolls a five. Five sided dice. How would you do this, right? So this one's interesting. And making this one fair is mm-hmm. also yes. interesting, right? All right. So let's, I want to talk about the five-sided dice real mm-hmm. quick. All right. Let's do it. Five-sided dice is a equal out of triangle cylinder, right? So it's, if you look down from the top, it's an equilateral triangle, right. but then it's extruded up and it's, um, how far, how far that extrusion is, is probably very important to make this thing yeah. probabilistically fair, right? Because you don't want it to land on its faces more than it lands on one of its edges. And if it lands on one of its edges, there's three edges, and the numbers are carved near the points. So whatever point is pointing up is the number that it gets. But yeah, this is crazy that, you know, it's just as, it's twice as likely to land... Three to two is likely to land on its edge Mm -hmm. versus its face, which from its shape seems like it should be the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But it it has to do, like you said, with the extrusion and how much that is. And they mathematically figured out the deal. And that's a, I just rolled a five. I just rolled a three and I just rolled a one and I just rolled a one, a four. So, I mean, yeah, like it's, That's really neat to me. Okay, so six-sided dice, that's amazing. Um, (laughs) Never heard of that before. I like the three-sided die, too. Oh, yeah, the three-sided die, I mean, it's kind of what I would have expected. It's um, kind of a, take some some clay, roll it into a coil, Mm -hmm. like a a, a tube, and then just put three flat indentions on it. And then the number is what side points up. So the numbers are on, like, the... The apexes of it. Yeah. All right. So seven takes the same strategy as five, where it's a pentagon that's extruded the right amount to make it have the right probability of landing on its face or its edge. Actually, no, you want it to land on its edge five to two. So you want it to, that's why it's, that's why it's taller and the faces are smaller. That's neat. Okay. I've seen eight-sided dice before. And nine-sided. Similar, but it's now a... Uh, it's a... Is it a heptagon? Septagon. Seven-sided, which isn't a shape heptagon. you see every day. Or it, yeah, I guess it is a septagon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the ten-sided dice. What does that one look like? I'm busy I mean, trying could, to put this. You know, one I, I've seen ten-sided die before, so it's just it's two um, five-sided domes. Like yeah, two. Uh, oh, they're offset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's two five-sided. Yeah, five-sided pyramids mm-hmm. kind of put together. That's cool. Yeah, the ones you normally don't see. The five and the seven are the ones that are pretty. Well, the neat. Ten natural ten. And a one, natural one. So <laughs> critical success and a critical failure. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's really neat. Yeah. So it's, just, it's like, I don't know if you're ever going to use, I'm ever going to use them, but it, it is a cool, like, little piece of, hey, isn't that neat? And that's kind of the. So you get something like once a month? 
it's once every three months. Uh-huh. So, and th- this is one of the things that came in it, and this is the coolest thing of of the stuff that came in it, I think. Um, but yeah, it's neat. That is That's neat. cool. Yeah, last week, Shannon and I went up to East Durham, New York, to go to the Catskill Mountain Maker Camp. And that was a bunch of fun. Um, a friend of ours, Craig, who runs the Barefoot Forge, uh, kind of told us we should go and encouraged us to go. And we went. And um, we went two days early and did hiking the first two days up in the Catskills. I found mm-hmm. some, had some pretty nice hikes. And then the rest is Maker Camp, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where they have a bunch of tents set up with different... Um, companies or individuals who are demonstrating things, different classes, lots of hands-on stuff. You could blacksmith, you can power carve, you can make, make leather objects. Like Oh, yeah. The le- there was leather work that was super popular. We could never get into that one. Now, there was a jewelry making um, area. There was You could make pens on a, make wooden pens on a lathe. Um yeah. The one I need to get, one I'm going to like get there early and try to get into next year is there's this place where uh, you make like axe handles and hammer handles and stuff, but manually, like with draw knives and these like benches that you sit on that clamp them and things um, look like lots of fun. Yeah. Um, they have like a knife sharpening thing you could train there because that would be a cool skill to have. Um, they did have, um, they, well, not so much skill, but yeah, they had a couple of the really good Tormek, uh, knife sharpeners. So mm -hmm. there were certain periods of time where you could bring your knives, get them sharpened and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there was welding, there was welding, two welding areas. We got the TIG weld a little bit. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Explain. Yes. Um, different, three main kinds of welding, right? There's um, stick welding or arc welding, right? Where that looks like you have jumper cables and in one jumper cable, you put this big long stick, which is the electrode that you put down on the metal, which has a ground to it and it arcs and melts the metal, right? Sure. That's, uh, and then there's MIG welding, which is like the arc, uh, t- uh, stick welding is like the old school thing. MIG welding is the more popular, more modern thing where you have this little gun and inside the gun, there's this wire that feeds out. And there's gas that shields where the wire feeds out so it doesn't oxidize. So you get a cleaner weld. So the wire comes out. It's positively charged. Things grounded. It arcs, deposits metal down. And then you have an argon gas mix that um, shields the weld so you get a cleaner weld. Which we've both done in the past. Mm-hmm. And then TIG welding is um, a more... I mean, this is a gross generalization, but it's kind of a more fine-tuned, detailed work kind of welding. It doesn't have to be, but in general, your first difference. So you hold it more like a pencil, and it has a tungsten uh, electrode, and it arcs, and you just kind of add feeder wire to it, and you can use it to kind of melt different pieces of metal together and stuff like that. But it's really up and close, like your head's only like, six inches from what you're working on and like the distance of the electrode electrode to what you're working on. It's like a 64. Hope you're wearing good eye protection because oh, yeah. you have a welding mask, you have on. A yeah, welding mask on. It's um, it, you go up blind, right? Like yeah. not instantly, but within moments mm-hmm. if you didn't have a um, darkening mask on. But anyway, like you hold the thing, like you're working like the arcs, like a 64th of an inch long. So you're really in there close and you're, you know, fine motor control kind of thing. 
Um, it's very challenging. So is the MIG welding kind of like, it sounded a little bit like vacuum welding a little bit? It had that. Well, the TIG has uh, argon gas too to shield it because mm-hmm. otherwise you get all kinds of oxidation and crud in your weld and it's not a very good weld. Okay. So all the modern kinds of welding like those have gases, shield gases that flow out of your tool, the gun or the pen, you know, the cup. And it just kind of flows over what you're welding. So it um, keeps the oxygen away. The The stick welding, the, the stick is kind of coated in a solid flux. And when the arc, it melts the flux and the flux makes the gas. So that kind of, you know, so whenever you're doing welding, you always need something to shield oxygen away yeah. from the weld. But I know that like vacuum welding is something you have to worry about in space. Because mm-hmm. no oxidation layer. So essentially, the metal's a crystalline structure that then doesn't end, and when it joins to another piece of metal with no oxidation layer, there's no reason why those can't be joined, mm-hmm. and so they are. And that has become a real problem when you're, especially when you have a satellite that let's say has to deploy something. Okay. Uh, and um, you know they make them in clean rooms, and you know, and and then there's some piece that is that hasn't been. It doesn't have an oxide layer mm-hmm. and suddenly another piece of metal attaches to it. Maybe doesn't have an oxide layer. And suddenly you have now a joined piece of metal that wasn't, that shouldn't have been there before. Vacuum welding. Oh, you mean just the vacuum, not adding, like not melting the things together. Yeah. There's no, there's, it, it's just the fact that, now you have two surfaces, what what were surfaces, oh, okay. but now are joined together, and the crystalline structure is the same, mm-hmm. uh, and there's no oxide layer to protect, to, to differentiate. So once those two pieces of crystal are together... So they kind of heal together. Yeah. That's, that's wild. I didn't know about that. When you're talking about vacuum molding, I thought it was about like having a welder using an arc to melt the metal but doing it in mm. a vacuum which doing it in a vacuum and doing it in argon shield kind of the same thing other than pressure is different you know but it's both inert you don't have the oxidation and whatnot so i don't like this beer you know no i don't think it's that great i think, I, it's, I think it was, it was kind of like um it's just kind of muted yeah yeah i was gonna say flavorless yeah. muted yeah, know. there's a little bit of like a lemony tanginess to it, um, some wheat teaness. <laughs> to be honest, I'm tasting French toast, stupid <laughs> first beer. Here, you want to taste mine? F.U. Founders. I'm not a big fan of it anyway. It's, yeah, muted, dull, yeah. just yeah, that, flavorless. Yeah, no, here, try the French toast version. It's better. <laughs> I wonder if you give that a swirl, is there any stuff in, is there any gook in there that will make it better? There's not much left anyway, but. Hmm. Shannon's going back for seconds for the French toast farmhouse. French toast farmhouse. This is not dull. Yeah. <laughs> this beer would be better if you poured syrup all over it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. If, what was the ABV on that? Oh, uh, that was only 5.3. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. When it said farmhouse, I. Just presumed it was a clean saison kind of thing. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was a mixed fermentation. You know, being a five point three, like if you think like grisette or something like that, the flavors we got aren't awful. 
but no, it no, it's not a bad. I mean, they're not awfully out of style for anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, perfectly <laughs> drinkable. Perfectly. Things Shannon and I have been finding a lot lately, more than I ever remember from the previous iteration of the show, is that beers that like we have here, and we're like, eh. We have a couple nights later delicious you know it's like i never realized it before never encountered it before to such a degree that uh we when we're focusing on these beers so much we tend to not like things that as when we're watching tv we like them a lot more sure sure uh, that's just the nature of of what we do but it also means that when we find something fantastic it's it's probably fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. This let's is... go to the hoppy one yeah so this is shoebrew Eight four, um, they call it a pixelated IPA. But so here's an interesting story behind eight four. Mm-hmm. Eight four is the famous or infamous ultimate stage of Super Mario Brothers, where uh, it's the last stage of of the original Super Mario's game Brothers game where you're going against Bowser and you have to dodge all this mm-hmm. fire crap and you have to take a certain path, otherwise the parts of the map repeats. Is that the I I don't remember that part, but it's probably true. Um, so it's American barley flaked wheat, golden naked oats, honey malt, hopped with Motueka, Galaxy, Citra, Cascade, and Stratra Strata. Seven point five percent alcohol by volume. Guess how many IBUs? Um, six D six. Shannon, remember all those hops? 10,073. Jeff is technically closer at 14. What? 14 IBU. I didn't think it would have a heavy IBU load because they're not using them in the bittering. They're using them for the flavoring and dry hopping and... I picked this out, by the way. It's an interesting one. So it, it's got this sort of, it's got that milkshakey look to it, very mm-hmm. hazy. Um, oh, the the label artwork. I, it's funny. I never thought about where H four came from, but there is a Mario cap. <laughs> there is the axe uh-huh. at the end on yep. the backside of the drawbridge or what the rope bridge that you claim. There's, I guess, the fireball monsters. There's, I guess that's Bowser back there. I guess so, or a shell. Yeah. A spike shell. I didn't realize that either. But it's not done in 8-bit. It's done in, like, fantasy D&D style artwork, you know. D&D, yeah. So. Yeah, I love the label. All right. So the beer pours. So the pixelated series, right, is what they started calling their hazy IPAs ever since hazies started. And they all have video game connotations. Um, like Jumpman. This I've done ones from like Mega Man, Sonic, you know, all kinds of, of classic video games. I mean, it smells hoppy. Uh, Very hoppy. has a creamy like a creamy, almost cream, not quite cream sickle, but the cream part of the cream Definitely. Sickle. In fact, I just had the orange cream sickle monster yesterday, and that's what it, it, it has a 
little hint of that in the on the nose. It hmm. has a, it has sixty six IBUs of bitterness on the tongue. I don't know where that fourteen came from. Uh, that's uh, what it says on untapped. Maybe yeah. untapped wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Like the first sip, it wasn't really kind of from the aroma. I was expecting something a little more like full bodied marshmallow fluff type of body on it, and it it hits a little bitter up front, and then it kind of the sweetness comes in behind it. See, I was expecting something a little less confused, but. I'm trying to find the through line here, right? What, what's the, what are they trying to get me to taste? And it's, I'm just getting a lot of stuff. The main, main thing that I latched onto is kind of this papaya thing. It's in the middle eight flavor. Hmm. I'm always, a, I'm always a fan of the, the, the fleshy, Tropical flavors, papaya, guava. But then you got yeah. that motueka, which gives it a very kind of like uh, a peach pit type thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you've got galaxy, which is going off into uh, in guava land. Um, I don't know. I, I taste this and I'm like, sorry, sh- sorry, Shrubru, your your better beer is in another castle. <laughs> ah, that was a setup. That was a setup. The more I drink it, the the more that body that I was missing in the first sip is kind of coming back to me. So maybe it was the change from the, the sour or the, the tart tarm farmhouse from Prison City. But uh, now that I'm drinking it, it's kind of ha- doesn't have that that kind of abrasing bitterness up front. And it has that kind of creamy Soft. fluffiness. So more confused creamy, by it than anything else. It, it, I, I just keep trying to figure out like what's the... What's the game that it's playing? What, what's sometimes you like? I, I we talked about before. I like a beer that tells a story. Mm-hmm. When the story is confusing, that is a detriment. Yeah, I mean, I think the like the the primary flavor story could be a little more clear right it's a little muddled leading into it i still think it gets there eventually with kind of those tropical fleshy flavors but um i get what you're saying peach pit's a neat call because like i am getting like like when you take that bite of a peach like when it's almost gone and you're Mm -hmm. like scraping your teeth up against the pit like that part of the flesh you get some of that yeah that is a good call This is the one where I'm I'm almost like I don't even know how good a drinker this will be because it's I would legit be drinking it and be like, what's going on? Um Yeah. I I I don't know. Yeah. How long have we had these? About three weeks, I guess. Two weeks? Um, two weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks. Two weeks. I'm just wondering because I got this on tap, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was Really good. Um, I like it, but not. Well, now you're on the show. And you know, I'm it. on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely. It, you say the peach pit, and I, I taste it. Yeah. But I do taste the orange 
creamsicle mm-hmm. yeah. a lot. It's it's. I'd want that like to be every a lot taste. brighter. If that were a lot brighter, then the then the, these other flavors would would support it. But don't you taste it more though with every sip? No, I keep tasting different things. Mm. Is the Shubru eight four? Ten points on the label and the mm-hmm. title, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Casco Mountain Maker Camp. So we did all the makery things, and then on the way back, Shannon had an adventure. I did. <laughs> well, I mean, I had an adventure too, but I was in the comfortable confines of a brand new Ford F one fifty. You are. That's practically drives itself. You didn't get a cyber truck. No. So, um, Craig, our friend up there, he's also this fanatic for... Uh, oh, God. I heard so much about Craig yeah, today. I, I know. <laughs> Craig, what, Craig, <laughs> Craig. So he was... Um, he's a fanatic for um, late 80s Volkswagen camper vans. Oh, so, cool. like, he rescues them out of fields and rehabs them. And he found one earlier in the year up... In up New York, in Ma- Vermont. No, it was. Um, in New York. It wasn't in New York because yeah. I thought it was. In... No, Blue was from Vermont. Oh, okay. You're, you're that's, different, that's... different vans, different, different van. But uh, so this thing was parked in a field for like 15 years, 12 years, something like that. Um, totally rat mouse infested. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the first video up on Barefoot Forge's YouTube if you want to watch it. But his goal was to get it running and drivable. But then the, his problem was that he was going to have two vans in East Orm, New York, and only he could only drive one, one home, right? So, and none of it, he, so I hauled some anvils up to make her camp for him. So we were at his place getting the well, anvils. you were. I yeah. was home. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, he called me from yeah. your phone. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I don't have any friends that can drive a stick. Like, so I might have to like leave the blue bus there and then fly up in the spring or something and bring it back. And I'm like, well, Shannon can drive a stick. Yeah. And I'm like, let me call her. So I call her and. Well, he, yeah. Well, I answered. It was him on the phone. Anyway. But yeah, he asked me if I would, uh, if I could drive a, a manual. And I was like, yeah. I've been driving a manual since I was 13 in a field. <laughs> and I've had more manuals than I have automatics. So um, so he got the van running. And Sunday, so his other van, the one Shannon drove home, she wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to make her drive the one that hasn't driven a mile in a mm-hmm. decade, right? But his other one, these things are rare. They're... He didn't tell us this, so we got home. But it's like the lowest mileage one in existence. It's worth like a hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, he didn't well, tell. <laughs> so the back, you know, back to last weekend. So you were, he, of course, driving around like crashing into things, but like, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, he was it Saturday morning, Sunday morning. He said, "All right." This was before I even had my first cup of coffee, and mm-hmm. it, it, that's like a no-no. You don't even talk to me before my first cup of coffee. My, I spend an hour praying to the coffee gods every morning. And uh, he comes over to our tent, and he's like, hey, you ready for that driving test? I want to see how your skills are. And I'm yeah, like, he, I mean, he totally wanted to make sure that he want- she was solid. So, like, Because if she wrecked his transmission, it's 
big bucks to replace that. Sure, right. sure. They're, so. they're pretty hard to find. So, yeah, um, I said, well, I have to have a first cup of coffee. He said, well, we can get coffee on the way. Then we'll drive to the milk run. The milk run and, and get coffee. But you're driving. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I drove. Yeah. And I passed with flying colors, I might yeah, say. Yeah. I kicked ass. I didn't just pass, but I kicked ass. There you go. Well, if you like you said, you've been driving since you were 13, and that was, you know, what, four years ago? So Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you've, been, you've had a lot of experience. Right. Actually, exactly. that, that's not good because that, that would make you 17, and that would be oh, bad yeah, for be, uh, oh, uh, uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's better. So, yeah, my first vehicle, my first when I turned 16, was a Volkswagen, mm-hmm. but it was a bug. Mm. Baby blue. Still kind of cool cars, Volkswagen I bug, 1970. Yeah. Um, Classic. Yeah. So I drove blue all the way home from Catskill. And you have to take back Over 400 miles. things really can't. They can't like go sixty miles an hour for very long. Ah, so you have to take back roads the whole way. So it was a fun drive. It was fun. It was a beautiful drive. First of all, Monday was perfect weather. It was I don't know sixty five degrees, sixty degrees. Sun was shining. There's beautiful skies all the way home. The fall fo- foliage was gorgeous. You know, up there in the mountains and. You've, you're passing all these beautiful farms, and it was just, it was a gorgeous drive. I don't know if Jeff enjoyed it so much because he had to, you know, follow both of us. We caravaned. We had, we had walkie talkies or, or CB radios, not walkie talkies. <laughs> I was going to ask, what's the infotainment system like on, on one of those old ones? Oh, so he has, <laughs> he has, yeah, he has a nice stereo in the one that I drove. Um, and, uh, he, Synced it to Bluetooth. (laughs) No, not quite that. But he did sync um, my phone to it so I could listen to Noah Khan all the way home and and talk on my CB radio. Um, And I had a blast. I mean, the surprising thing is we really, none of us, (laughs) there you go. None of us thought that Heidi is the, the one that he just, you know, brought back. Um, none of us thought that that one would make it all the way to Pittsburgh. And surprisingly, it did with no hiccups. We only had to pull over one time. And it wasn't even for us. It was to help somebody else we were just who had getting a broken started. down car. We were like less than 10 miles into the trip. And we drive past this guy who had a broken down car. And, uh, you know, we, we had to stop. Because it would just be too bad a karma to not sure, stop. No. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so I took took I drove him a couple miles down the road to someone he knew. This guy had just gotten his first smartphone, just gotten an iPhone, had didn't have any contacts in it, didn't know how to use the phone app. Like he could couldn't he couldn't. So part of us stopping was showing him how to make phone calls. <laughs> like, Craig. It's funny that, that, you know, these things that we call phones, they have a phone in them, yeah. but they're hard to use. Craig, literally, I'm saying his name again, just to, I'm going to do as much as I can through the show to annoy you now. <laughs> but he literally says to the guy, no, I want you to do it again so you can show me that you know how to work your phone. Like he literally taught him how to use how to 
make a phone call. You got to put it, you got to put the, the phone icon on that little, mm-hmm. on the, the dock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it was there. It was there. He, the, no, he, he just, got it like a day before. Yeah. And he wasn't young. I mean, he, so obviously, and he was having a, a hard time, but the karma for saving this man got us all the way. And then we celebrated with a bottle of champagne in the front yard of Craig's house. <laughs> With Craig's parents. <laughs> and and, and then Craig's house. Craig's house. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. It was it was a joyous day. It was a beautiful way to end the yep. the week. Yep. Waiting on you, babe. Mm-hmm. So the next beer we have here is from Allagash. This is uh Cool Ship Resurgum or Resurgum? Resurgum. Barrel-aged blend of spontaneously fermented beer. So it's a blend. Uh, Pilsner malt, raw wheat, aged hops, 6.3% alcohol by volume. Uh, this was bottled, bottled January 19th, 2015. Oh, okay. So a cooled overnight using outside air temperature in a traditional large shallow pan known as a cool ship. So that's where Wait, cool ship comes from. Say that again. I wasn't paying attention. The beer is cooled overnight using an outside air temperature in a traditional large shallow pan known as a cool ship. Oh. You saw it. So during the process, yes, naturally occurring microbiota from the air inoculate the beer. In the morning, it's transferred into French oak barrels where the entire fermentation and aging takes place. And this is a blend of one, two, and three-year-old spontaneously fermented beer. As we said, 6.3% alcohol by volume. Yeah, so it's kind of like a traditional giz, geese with, with the one, two, and three-year uh, blend. It's very golden, bronzy colored. Oh, Greg is bringing out his next, next thing from his bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> Cooper <laughs> thinks it's bags a- rustling. It's like, you got another toy for me? Greg's been coming over and bringing Cooper toys, so now, yeah, and and today Cooper barfed for me <laughs> as a thank you. That was from all the grass he ate earlier when he was out in the backyard with us. I've grown to really to like Cooper a lot, and so Cooper gets toys. You know, I mean, I don't spend a lot of money on these things, but I spend some because hey, he and he, he loves it. He does. <laughs> he does. He knows your car now, by the way. I, in, so in, in what, uh, six months or so, I'm going to probably have a new one because my lease is up. So, so I'll I'll learn learn the sound of your new car. But yeah, when he, like when she says he knows cars, he can't see out the window. So he hear, he knows the sound. He knows the sound. Okay. So here we go. So color golden. Bronzy golden. I think it's. Well, I guess it looked more bronzy when they were all sitting. And all I poured next almost the full bottle, except for the dreggiest of the dregs. Mm-hmm. So we got a little haze in the glass because, you know, I wasn't carefully decanting it. But if we did, we wouldn't have nearly as much beer. It's only in a 375 milliliter bottle, green bottle, like a good lambic would be. It does smell about what you'd expect for a hoozy lambic type thing. So I don't know if I didn't know this or if I forgot this, but Allagash actually um, got their own um, 
species of wildly fermented Brett. Um, you know, it's like Brett Portlandia or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, internally, they call it Brett Michaels. So <laughs> they don't call it Craig. No, <laughs> they probably haven't met Craig, or they would. They would. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need the. We don't need to artificially grow the legend of Craig. <laughs> no, we do not. Hot damn! There we go. Wow, that's full of flavor. Now we're talking. So yeah, you're immediately hit up with this big tartness, big um, uh, acetic hit, uh, and then ooh, there's like a raisiny cherry thing at the end with a mix of the little bready dustiness. Yeah, it's limey, like lime, lime acid, kind of up front. Mm-hmm. Man, the fruit flays are out. Yeah, what's going on? I mean, Which we're is funny. That I know, but like we haven't seen fruit flies in our kitchen in I'm, like about um, weeks. Do we have onions downstairs? I'm gonna have to go look and see. Last time we had Cooper barfed up some some fleas, <laughs> fleas of gnats. Some gnats. Gnats. Okay, so lime. Craig calls them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see a picture? <laughs> Actually, yeah, no. That's like I, I legit have nothing against Craig. I just think it's a funny joke. <laughs> a funny know. runner. Yeah, no. <laughs> That'll have to be the title of the show, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to get the splinter out of your finger, I aren't am. you? I am. It's bugging me. Do you want to tell us well, how I you got I that splinter? Got Woodworking. Well, let me. Um, this, you, I had this. I got this one yesterday. You've been um, talking about making stuff, so yes, and. A while back, I just sort of got ahead of myself, and I was like, I saw some things for purchase, and I was like, yeah, I'll buy them. And uh, I came to the realization later that uh, I'm not good at making things. I have shaky hands. I just don't have the right, both the mind, the mindset and just the right, like, physical tool set, let's say, sure. to to do it. So I have these things that, first of all, I just want to give you. If you want them, cool. If not, I don't know. Do, do whatever. I'll you want probably with. make them and give them back to you. But yeah, let's see what we got. This is an oscilloscope. Okay. Actually, I probably go downstairs and give you a completed version of this. <laughs> uh, I probably there's there's someone cloned this oscilloscope kit, and all the Chinese people sell this thing. And I bought one because real oscilloscopes are expensive. Yep. Um. I could do through the magic of buying two. <laughs> I could give you a completed one of these, and like, amount the of time it takes me to go downstairs and come back up. That that is kind of oh, funny. Are you sure? But that wasn't what You'd I be was able to find it that quickly. Yeah, no, I saw it already today. Oh wow! I know exactly where it is. Wow! But let's see. So here is. Well, I can build this one for power, and I, I have some nine volts too in here. Um, and this is. A function generator for... <laughs> I don't have a function generator. Yeah, no, these... These, um, your eyes were bigger than your mouth. Mm-hmm. These are not beginner soldering projects. Yeah. That one um, was fairly involved. And, and, I mean, this is a big bag of parts here, too, so... Yeah. So when I saw them, I was like, oh, okay. And real realized that I... This one Just, didn't come with the acrylic case. Even doing like fake 
like the simple stuff I'm just not good at. Like I, I, I made some, I, the, the, the craft project that I most recently did was there are these little magnetic ledges. I put into Fermi's, um, uh-huh. terrarium and I drilled holes and took plastic plants and hot glue and put little plastic plants in there so that the ledges have like hiding spots. And this, it it looks crap like crap. I just I just am not good at this kind of work. So first of all, have at it. They're yours. Do what you want with them. The second thing, however, is an ask. Okay. I'd like you to make something for me. And I will, will do. What is pay it? for all of the parts and for your labor as well. What is it? First thing I want you to make. An you made before. Okay. I want an acoustic levitator. Okay. It's the it's one of the coolest things you ever made. I want one. I want to have one. Okay. You know, have you seen this before? I don't. You might have seen no. pictures. It's thing that uh, I made with Allie. Um, it made the styrofoam beads float. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see it. I did see it. Mm-hmm. Is ultrasound to make standing waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally want one. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, yeah, and I know price isn't a thing for you. The uh, the ultrasonic transducers are the 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 priciest part of that. Yeah, thing. I figured it's going to cost like hundred bucks to get. Like, I think the, it was seventy dollars when I built it before. So, and then once you have that, I have a second project. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll taste the beer, and then we'll see what we think. Think about the second project. Taste the beer. Well, how, well, we should talk, talk about, a little oh, bit about the beer. Yeah, the Resurgum, the Cool Ship Resurgum from Allagash. Uh, 2015 bottling. Um, we got this when we were up there on our trip, and we had the seller's tour. So we got to peek through the little through hole to look at the Cool Ship. If it wasn't raining that day, the host said she would have let Shannon and I go around and walk into the Cool Ship room yeah. and get to see everything. But uh yeah, they had like they had some some real whales for sale in the cellars. So. Mm-hmm. I would say this is really good. This is sort of a classic a classic is it's um it's got like everything I would want from there. It's also something that is not a beginner beer, right? This is not something that you would bring somebody who's new to beer and say, hey, try this. No. Now someone who has got their sour beer training wheels mm-hmm. off, right? This one has fantastic complexity. It's not too tangy, too sour. It, too bready. It's it, it's it, not too. Yeah. It it's as far as gooses go. This one's subtle, right? Mm-hmm. This one, but it's not boring. It is. It's right in the middle of all the things you want. Yeah. This is really really good. It is. It's Allagash. So the next thing that I'd like to mm-hmm. make once you're done with that, okay, is um, we've actually talked about it, or you. Mentioned something about it at one point. Okay. Um, and uh, in thinking about it, yeah, I want one too. Okay. <laughs> you already have a ball. <laughs> <laughs> one of the coolest things that Jeff and I uh, did physics-wise ever was we made a cloud chamber. Mm-hmm. Those are – it's really cheap to make a cloud chamber. But it, it takes up a lot of space and got to get dry ice. 
I'd like a Peltier cooled oh, okay. Dodge Amber. All right. Yeah. Um, so Shannon's like, what's a cloud chamber? And some of the listeners, most of the listeners probably are too. Cloud chamber, uh, the one we made before, let's describe the one we made before. Then we talk about the Peltier cool one. It's a very basic DIY science project that you can do with an elementary school kid. Mm-hmm. You get um, an aquarium, you know, like a, like, was that five gallon, 10 gallon, like aquarium, a 10 gallon whatever. Gallon. The ones that are like this big, right? Yeah. The size of several bread boxes, whatever. Um, and then you have to um, hot glue some felt to the bottom of the aquarium. And then you soak that in alcohol, like 99% isopropyl isopropyl Mm -hmm. alcohol. And then you flip it over and you put it on a cookie sheet. You you flip the aquarium over? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the alcohol's in the felt. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then you put that on a cookie sheet, open side down, and you put dry ice underneath the cookie sheet. And the cold, yeah, the cold radiates up through it. Mm -hmm. It causes the alcohol vapors to condense. So you actually, it's like, you know, those, you know, when it was super duper foggy in Maine, you can, in the cloud chamber, you can see the particulates of alcohol vapor. And then, so it's a cloud, whoop-dee-doo. Cool part is when high energy particles from outer space fly through it, you see the little trails they lead. They zoop. So you can see these little trails through the cloud. You literally see particles. Really? Like, well, you see the effects of particles, but you yeah. see, you know, cosmic rays and stuff like that. You you, you can, it, it's a way to actually demonstrably see subatomic physics right there. Uh, and it's real, it's real easy to to do it just, and you could also bring in your own sources of radiate of, of um ionizing radiation like um the smoke detectors that have americium in it mm-hmm. yeah i pulled apart one and, and you could see like the little little um helium alpha, uh, particles. alpha particles come out so it, it, it's just it's a cool thing but take some space you got to find dry ice all that stuff so a peltier cooler is a thermocouple basically in reverse um it 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 uses uh, um electricity to create a you know a hot surface which then causes there to be a cool surface mm-hmm. and so instead of instead of using a uh dry ice which is in a, you know you have to get it come it you can actually turn on your peltiers and your fan so your thing can cool down enough but then you get it cold enough so that you, you can have a little surface that uh, you can do the have your own little cloud chamber or like cloud like it wouldn't be a chamber so much as sort of a it's cool, still a chamber it's a, it's a smaller yeah they're more cylindrical I think right? it also requires light coming in it like uh, like you have to have light that's very close to the bottom in order for it to to hit yeah right. you need a raking it's a raking light yeah. and it shines across it so it illuminates the the mist the vapors the condensed vapor a certain way. And, um, yeah, it's really like, a, it, I mean, when we build it and like, you're like, we're in the basement and, you know, these, these particles are still zipping through. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It, it, one of the, the most like, wow, science things for, for me, the, of the science things we've done over the years, when you got that first 
telescope, that three and a half inch yeah. telescope, and we set it up and we saw Saturn's moon, Jupiter's moons. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That was awe-inspiring for me. It was take your breath away kind of thing. Like, like I can do science with a tool. Like mm-hmm. I'm not just reading about Jupiter's moons or watching it on YouTube. I'm looking at them yeah. right now. And um, yeah, that that made such a huge impression. Like, um, it, I mean, the the solar eclipse was better, but not just a bit. <laughs> I mean, the solar eclipse—you could go see Jupiter almost any clear night. Yeah. So, speaking of stars and uh, sky and space and everything, tell Greg what we saw Sunday night. When the uh, fireworks were going off oh. at camp, oh yeah, for the la- so, final so night. So at the end, previous years at Maker Camp, they had built this large wooden thing and burned it in like you know Burning Man kind of style, right? Um, but this year they had expanded the number of tents and stuff. I guess there wasn't room for the burn, so they had a small fireworks display, and right in the middle of the fireworks display, Starlink flies by. <laughs> It was awesome, like a a chain, like yeah. So so it, was, like it must twenty yeah starlings, like all in a row, all... just like looking like a train, like a like a satellite yeah. train. So it must have been recent date that they launched because normally, because after a while they they spread out. That's oh, the okay. Point. At, at an arm's length, they were probably you know like thumb to point your finger apart. Yeah. So then, so it must have been really recent after a launch. So must have been then. It was. Really cool, and I think it was very distracting. I mean, everybody was looking. Well, probably at least so many people were like sixty percent of the people were looking at that. Like they were like in awe, and I'm like fucking light pollution, you know? (laughs) Because astronomers don't like Starlink because they get in the way of your photographs and stuff. Yeah. So, well, there are two reasons not to like Starlink. One is yeah, they they get in the way, but you can, but you know, we know enough about orbits you can accommodate for that. The optics are good enough that you can, and, and computers are good enough that you can take that away. It, it's, you know, amateur astronomers have a worse time with it than professional astronomers, but professional astronomers still just don't like it because, it, you know, it's like, the other problem is you're putting up a lot of items there and there, there's a whole lot of space out there. So it's not likely that things will collide Mm -hmm. but over time it kind of becomes inevitability Mm -hmm. and then you get an area that is at least on like a particular orbit on a particular angle over polluted over polluted and you get sort of a mini kessler syndrome type situation which is not great so kessler syndrome is is the idea that a whole bunch of orbital junk hits and you just get just shards of stuff everywhere. And so you can't even get off the planet anymore because nothing can, can yeah, go up you know, without being hit. Two satellites crash and make a bunch of pieces and yeah, those pieces yeah. crash more satellites. And then all of a sudden you have a cage over your head because you can't launch. So that's, will it happen? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean the, 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 the probability is pretty low at this point. Those things are also at, at, at a low enough altitude that, most of you know, even if stuff happened, most of the stuff would would after like five years or so deorbit. So it's not as huge a deal, but it is just like it's one of those things where 
if people aren't particularly careful, things can get out of hand pretty quickly. Kind of like pollution here. Yes. On Earth. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's open up the foul-mouthed. So uh, you want my glass, sir? This is from Foul Mouth Brewing. Uh, this is uh, another sour. It's a Flanders, uh, Flanders Out Brune. Uh, 7% alcohol by volume, 18 IBU. Uh, I want you to do me a favor, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Could you read the description that's on there? And I'll read the description that's on Untapped because I happen to know the description on Untapped, on Untapped is better. <laughs> Okay, but so uh, on the label, right underneath on the side here, we set aside a portion of Sir Squirrel Brown Ale every Thanksgiving season to be aged in port wine barrels with fresh local cranberries for the following year's festivities. We're thankful for all the wild yeast that ride in the barrels, ride on the berries like a bunch of pilgrims. They make this beer great. And that's cool. Like it's Falmouth Brewing making a very cool and, yeah. and good story, and and uh, and a um, and I think that's nice. Here's what they have on Untapped: biscuity malts add a pleasant nutty flavor to this brown ale. Then we age it on cranberries because we are fucking Americans. <laughs> really? Yeah. They're Falmouth. Falmouth Brewing. Yep. Falmouth yep. Brewing. And so I, when I when I read that, I was like, "That's fucking great." <laughs> This one was bottled. Uh, oh no, they had the date backwards. I thought it was bottled in 2014, which was impressive because I'm surprised they were that old. No, it was bottled in 2020 on 1014. Bottled in 2020. 2020. 2020. <laughs> so, so this is from far in the future. Yes. I wonder if that 2020 will be like the 2020. Still using glass <laughs> bottles for some reason. Well, they sent it back on the time machine that it was invented in 2019. <laughs> I guess once you have a time machine, then I was going to say it only took him a year to send that, but I realized once you have a time machine, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> oh. Okay, so we have a uh, brown hazy. So they're, they're and not because it's a hazy IPA, but hazy just because there's particular mm-hmm. matter in here. Um, floaties. The aroma has that kind of Flandersy tang, mm-hmm. where there's kind of sweet tarts, or I want to say I smell the cranberries too, but the the tang is Flandersy. I smell chocolate covered cherries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Yes. You're totally yeah. allowed to smell chocolate-covered cherries. You do, and so do I. I smell, um, I smell Craig's cologne. <laughs> <laughs> How to be, um, on the way up to Maker Camp to see Craig, um, <laughs> we stopped at Bullfrog Brewing in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And they had, I don't remember the name of it, they had two sour beers on. I had the one. It tasted like like the Black Forest cake. It tasted like cherries and the icing. Oh, my God. It was so good. And it wasn't a chocolate stout or anything like that. It was a Flanders like this, but it just had those flavors that was like. This is. This is really good. (laughs) 
It's not too sour. I taste the dark chocolate. Oh, the, there it is. Okay. Um, the cherry. Cranberries are an interesting fruit, right? Because you don't have them often, generally because they're ridiculously tart. Mm -hmm. They're just too tart to eat on their own. Like rhubarb, you got to cook them. Um, there's a bit of that in here where, whoa, that's really tart. Not in the sense of it's like too tart and, and, and like a, you know, closing your lips, like no. puckering thing, but in a sense of, ooh, I can taste that over tart cranberry thing. Um, I don't think it goes overboard. I just do think it's there. And I think it's something to, to bring, you know, to the forefront. Yeah. The, it's good. I think the body's a little on the thin side for me. I yeah. want a little more body to it. Well, see, um, I like it because it's not in your face sour. Right. Well, my body, I want more chewiness to it. I want more, yeah, I, more. I think this could do with a little bit more maltiness. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a little bit of sweetness to to counter that tart. Um, and whenever I drink an Albrun, of course, the first thing I compare it to is is a Petrus because I think that's sort of the mm -hmm. the archetypical. And I think the Petrus has more body. This one has way less acetic to it than a lot yeah. of Flanders has, right? This one's more bretty. Um, what else? I mean, it's yeah. I think it's mostly bret, right? I mean, and then the the tart comes from the fruit. But there's a lot of the, like because the cranberry when you don't roast it, it's kind of tart and not much else. Yeah. And there's a bit of that cherry that comes through, a bit of the berry stuff. Mm -hmm. But now you, I mean, you couldn't do this with roasted cranberry because I bet that would just make the beer gross. Maybe not all. Maybe a portion would be good, right? Yeah. Uh, remember this comes, this was aged in port wine barrels with a, you know, wild culture. The, I think there's a subtle play of that, you know, kind of sweet wine kind mm -hmm. of thing there. Maybe I'm just hunting for it cause I know there's port wine barrels. I think there's a little bit in there. Also a little bit of oak is apparent when you look for it. Another interesting thing about Cranberries. Well, actually, technically, not really about cranberries, but sort of kind of related is I recently learned about apples. Okay. Um, about, you know, Johnny Appleseed and that whole thing mm -hmm. in this country. So apples are not a true fruit, uh, or they, they aren't true to fruit, I should say, in the sense that you can't just take an apple and plant the seeds and get apples that taste like that. Okay. Um, Apples in general, like, first of all, the first apples were like cranberry, like ridiculously tart, tiny things. Yeah. But most of the time, if you, you know, you plant various seeds of, of apples and uh, you're going to get some gross fruit that tastes either nasty or just, it's just not what you want. Okay. And so almost, so all the apples that we get are, you know, they're cuttings that that are made of, of the right apple fruit. And then there, there are places that do grow a lot of seeds. And then, you know, one fruit out of a meadow of apple trees will 
the, okay, yeah, here we go. We found one. So it's weird that that's how like new fruits like that are made by finding the one gem in a ridiculous amount of attempts and then just taking the cutting from that tree and cloning it over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And that, that's wild that, so apples are the pandas of the the fruit tree world? Well, no, there, there are a bunch, there, there are, it's not just apples. Apples are just one of the many fruits that you can't just take seeds and, and grow okay. and, and plant true to fruit. So you, I would have thought, I thought where you were going to say, and I knew some of the Johnny Appleseed cuttings thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to say is that you can't just get a grocery store apple and plant the seeds and get things. I would have thought if you ordered, I would have thought you could have ordered apple seeds from an apple seed supplier mm. and got apple trees. But it sounds like that's not a thing. Either. I don't think it is. Like, it, unless the, the the information I got was wrong, you know, not a botanist. But there are definitely, there were a lot of fruits they mentioned that are like this. That you just can't, you can't just plant, I think oranges are like this too. You mm-hmm. can't just plant a seed you get and say, yeah, I'm going to have a an amazing tree that's going to give me amazing fruit. I wonder if there'll be a mutation, like I wonder if anyone will ever find the mutation of the apple tree where the seeds are producing the good trees. That's a, that's a question for a botanist really, whether that can happen. If, if a, if a fruit that is generally not true would, could turn into one that is true. Oh, Okay. I never heard the term true fruit before. I would have never thought about it as or true to fruit. I forget what exactly no, what it I would is, have yeah. never thought that um That's why it was so crazy to me. Like it, it was it was such a cool thing to learn because I I never thought yeah, I never thought that you was would think the, the species of trees or whatever's but trees that don't generationally produce edible food mm-hmm. would be things we don't care about. You know, well, things we never dis- like discovered, like who found that one apple tree and be like, like, how many years does it take to realize these seeds suck? I need to graft it, you know? Well, that's why apparently like Johnny Appleseed went around just planting apples everywhere so he could find some that were good. Oh, okay. Right. And th- so that was a lot of his, you know, that was why he was going around making everybody plant apples because he wanted to find good apples. But when you think about it. Your your average uh, raccoon isn't going to care if this apple tastes like a golden delicious or, or not. It's it's food for a period of time, and that's what they care about. So the tree doesn't need to create a grocery store apple. Yeah. Humans yeah, have no, decided. No, I get it. I'm not saying it's yeah. bad evolution. Mm-hmm. I'm just. <laughs> I it's just wild. I would have thought the, the golden the, delicious. By the way, one of the worst apples. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, um, I was thinking like if it was such a rarity and that's why I guess Johnny Appleseed was the one who, you know, just spent his, you know, career <laughs> trying to, you know, get enough graft stock to be able to, you know, have apple orchards. But, mm-hmm. um, like if it's that much of a unicorn, like how did it even make it attention? You know, like, like how did enough people know that apples were something you'd want to eat, you know? I, I, it happens like all fruits, right? Bananas. But I, I guess, you know, thing. crab apples, I mean, you just because you wouldn't eat them like a grocery store apple, uh, you, 
I know people can ferment crab apples. Mm -hmm. You probably can bake with crab apples. Sure. Yeah, that's another thing that, of course, apples were very good for making apple jack and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't – so when you had apples, even if you couldn't make them into amazing pies and sell them on the grocery store or sell them at at, at your corner market, you could make fermented beverages from them. And so there you go. And also pre-refrigeration – you know, I mean, apples didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. Apple pies didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mold, right? But apple cider, stable. So, you know, as part of necessity, and I thought that was part of the, the Johnny Appleseed lore as well as it, it was mostly is. about like, cider. I, I'm sure that I'm not covering the entire yeah. story. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought where you're going initially was grafting and cider baking, but. No, just weird botany. <laughs> weird botany. <laughs> All right. Last beer. Fiddlehead. Imperial Hodad. Hodad. Okay, so we're going from a couple sours to a a stout, I think, right? Am I getting that right? No, it's an IPA. Um, okay. Porter. Porter. Bear, bourbon barrel-aged porter with coconut, All right, so I had the wrong... cacao, vanilla okay, bean, I and lactose. It. All right, here. I, I, I had the page up, but not the right place. 9.5% alcohol volume, uh, heftier base of their Hodad porter, aged bourbon barrels, conditioned on coconut, cacao, vanilla bean, and lactose. So expect us to have mouthfeel. I expect it to be delicious. Fiddlehead is, uh, where are they? Stratford, Vermont. Yeah. Who else is from Stratford, Vermont? Oh, well, Noah Cohen. <laughs> Not Craig. Not Craig? <laughs> I'm disappointed. All righty. This has one of those kind of frosted bottles. Oh, yeah. Fancy. They want the extra mile with the coating on the bottle. No, this is just... Yeah, no, it is. It is a cutting. I thought it. I thought it it's was just, just a not label. frosted where the cap goes. Yeah, but now, yeah, it is frosted. Cool. Uh, oh my gosh, the nose on this. The, oh yeah, and the lips too, and the eyelashes. That's a nose on, all right. <laughs> yeah, dark, very, very dark. Barely has highlights if you hold it up to the light. Um, it has. Oh wow! Really, know, right? Really, like woody chocolate right up front. Bourbony, chocolatey, bourbon, um, bourbon barrel. The vanilla is peeking through. The coconuts are, are that, peeking through on the nose. Yeah, is it? Oh yeah, yeah I, I, definitely. I, I, Very heavy on the coconut. Actually, if you really stick your nose in there. <laughs> Sticking your nose in there is one way to to, oh, to get the foam to go away. Goodness, <laughs> remember that? Oh, nose oil yeah. to make the foam go. Away. <laughs> that was a friend of yours, right? No, that was that was a podcast that you were listening to, and you were oh, it was either a podcast or a beer or a YouTube thing. I I forget. I, and you were know. complaining I, about I, it. I, I we've we've called back to mm-hmm. the story is somebody. I thought it was a friend of Greg's. Greg thought it was something I saw. I don't know. But somebody said, you know, if there's too much foam in your beer, you can wipe your finger on your nose and then touch the um, foam and the oils that you wipe off your nose will make the foam dissipate. Okay. Well. 
But it's I probably guess the, true, but why no, it's true. it is true. We're going to have to like have AI search our back catalog to figure out where this came from. It'll hallucinate. Oh my gosh. I'm, yeah, I'm just smelling it. Um, I'm getting even like a graham cracker thing with the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Just a little marshmallow. You should take a small yeah, sip just... because it's way better than it smells. It's Trafford. It's Trafford, Vermont. It has the things I'm looking for. It has the body. It has the booziness. It has oaky flavors. It has vanilla. The coconut's playing in there a little yeah. bit. That is exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is just so I, many good flavors on top of one another, and in a way that's that's balanced. Very balanced. It tastes like some of those burials that we brought back, but more like fresher and, and combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, more integrated. Yeah. Please tell me you bought two of these bottles. Oh, we got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, the Fiddlehead's available in town now. We just got to convince them to yeah, take sure. the, the, it. I don't think we're going to find is, this one. So this, this is uh, Definitely a 500-liter bottle to go is 20 bucks. Totally worth it. Oh. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's, you know, a lot of times with, with, with some of this chocolate cow, you can get like a little Tootsie Roll thing, an artificial thing. There's none of that. Um, there is... You know the cocoa nib thing, but but in a way that's not overly bitter, but it is also bitter enough. There is the barrel, which is not overburdening the rest of the beer. It's not over oaking it. Oh, it's just blends it's everything really, in really. As I the, said, exceptional. When you were talking about the cocoa nibs, it reminded me of some of the you know kind of artisanal chocolate bars which have the nib chunks. Mm-hmm. So instead of Nestle Crunch bar with rice in it, it has the cocoa nibs. But then the cocoa part is coming across almost like imagine a good Hershey syrup, right? Where it has kind of that soft, the smoothness, meltiness to mm-hmm. it. You know, like if you had like dark chocolate syrup yes it's not milk chocolate it's it, but it's not overly bitter but it's bitter enough that it's not like this is too sweet um i bet you craig would like this well craig isn't here is he <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this reminds me of Chocolate covered, dark chocolate covered coffee beans. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This reminds me of Craig's tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really really good. I'm going to send my time with this one. Yeah, oh we could work gosh. on our rankings while we're enjoying this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know where my ranking on this one is. Okay. Well, yeah. So, founders number one, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I'm guessing we're probably going to have like matching. I mean, I'm not going to put words in people's mouths, but I think they're. There's gaps between most of these beers. Maybe one or two. Yeah. Uh, We might flip flop, but I think we're going to have a pretty close ranking here. 
Yeah, I mean, you know what? I I will maybe do this. Oh, okay. As is your prerogative. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> what one was this one? Can't this was the uh, oh, that was the cranberry one. Yeah, cranberry. Oh, okay. Huh. I might even I might even do this. What? No way. No, he's allowed. Don't don't guilt him. I'm not. I'm just shocked. Why don't you go, Greg? Since I'm shocked too. You're uh since you got him lined up, let's yeah. lock him down. All right, well let me uh get a picture. Get a picture. Make sure you get all the background bullshit. We don't. Post the pictures. I'll, I'll make sure to get a bunch. <laughs> there for my reference when I'm creating a bunch show of notes. fruit flies in this one. I don't know why you don't post the pictures though for people to see the bottles and. Uh-huh. All right, in last place, we have our French toast bastard, who is a French toast bastard. Yeah, he's a bastard. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Um. Kind of the opposite of the Imperial Hoda. <laughs> like everything way off balance and, and uh, overdone and um, artificial. Artificial and just like not well thought out. Um, just like. But it went for it. <laughs> but, Leroy but, it but it went for it and. It felt. Th- there was a, a sip or two where you're like, okay, and then that's kind of it. But. It's the only beer that we left some in the bottle. Yeah. It's over half full. I only poured enough I, so we could taste it. Yes. I and I poured exactly, mine out. Because <laughs> I knew exactly how this was going to go down. So per, this might, you know, this is, I think, this is to the table a little bit shocking to people, I think. But to, to me, it makes sense. Schubert rate four. I think that it was really confusing as well. I, I was very just like not not sure what I was supposed to be tasting and it really hurt it. Like if anything, the thing that would drag it forward is how cool the idea is and the, and the label, right? I mean, all that stuff's great, but it's the beer that matters. Yeah. Then another thing that I think is, is a little bit different than what you guys might think is I'm going to put the liquid leftovers next because the thinness and the overtartness mm. didn't didn't sit as well with me as I might have wanted, as as, as, I, as I did want, and I felt like it, it it felt like it was missing a couple of pieces. It felt like a puzzle that was incomplete, and the prison city brewing. It wasn't incomplete. It was perfectly drinkable. It was fine. It was just that there was not much to write home about there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it was, but it, but it was fine. There was nothing bad about it. There wasn't any off flavors. It was just we were like, you know, expecting great things, and there was not much there. Yeah, but I think it was better than the other stuff in terms of the drinkability for me. Next, then we just you know then it we we leap over a gap, <laughs> and and you know now you have uh, the cool ship which was great and the Imperial Hoedown, which is just top notch, 
Like, uh, I would absolutely recommend this to anybody. Mm. Uh, probably both of these, but the Imperial Hodad especially. That, that's <laughs> everything I would have wanted out of this beer it gave me. Yeah. That's something. Yep. Would you like me to go or would you like to go? Go ahead. All right. I am calling an audible. I'm actually changing an opinion as we you go. You can't do there. that. Um, dude, dude, dude. But here's the, here's the shocking part. Uh, what? Boop, boop, boop. I'll tell you why. I have justification. Let me get the photograph. Would you like me to turn no, the bottle? I got it. I just need a hint when I'm putting the notes together. All right. Last place. The founders. They, as soon as Shannon brought it home, I'm like, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> like, no, they, they do. Well, at least they used to. Like KBS, the breakfast out in bourbon barrels. CBS. The breakfast stout in maple syrup barrels, Canadian breakfast stout. Um, oh, those were things back in the day. Who knows if they're still good? Um, but yeah, this is kind of like the next thing. Okay, well, we can't have waffles with our CBS. Let's make French toast scotch ale. Okay, no, thank you. Um, I'm going to put the prison city in fifth place. Uh, you know, my glass was tainted by French toast. Uh, Shannon's glass, when I tasted it, was kind of murky and nondistinct, and maybe just the flight killed it. For me, it didn't bring anything, like, interesting. Um, maybe if I had another bottle of this and I drank it on the couch while watching YouTube, I'd say, this is a fantastic reset, but I didn't have that experience tonight to be able to say that. I'm going to put the 8-4 in fourth place. Um, I thought it was better than it came across for Greg. I do agree. It was a little confusing. There could have been a stronger through line mm -hmm. and a main point on that. But I do like how it developed before my sample was gone. It got the body that I wanted. And those, those fleshy tropicals, the papayas and guavas were coming through. And I'm a big fan of those flavors. Going to put the foul mouth in third place. Um, really close. I was debating whether to put the 8-4 up into third place, but I put the foul mouth there. The cranberries, I thought, added tartness that wasn't otherwise in the beer. So it seemed kind of balanced to me. Um, it was curious how it was more Brett forward than like Flanders culture forward, mm -hmm. where there was missing the acetic acid, that kind of tartness, you know, that did not come across like sweet tarts, like most Flanders do. I'm going to put the Imperial Houdat in second place. It's freaking delicious. I have one third of 500 milliliters and like I have enough. I don't really want more where if I could get a second bottle of that cool ship resurgent right now, I would drink it right now. So like, because when we're drinking, we're talking about how this was the goose that you want. It's not too tart, has the complexity. So to me, that's the combination of those things where the flavors in the Houdet are delicious and very, very, very well integrated. 
I still find that the Allagash is also just as expertly put together, and it leaves me wanting more. Mm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to let you sway me, but no. that makes total sense. It's kind of swayable. You're getting swayed, aren't you? It's, it's, yeah. Because what you said doesn't change my ranking, but it might change my fuck Mary. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Here. Um, I believe we're. Here you go. First place. Yeah. First place. Definitely. Let's see, that's. that one. If you just want to get from your notes. I can arrange the bottles and get the photo. Does. That one, and then the, no, no, there, yeah, there, there, and there, yeah, there. So this, this, I'm sure this is the favorite part. Oh yeah, just everybody loves this. Glued. They're like their ears are glued to to their podcast. Didn't have AI. They hear the bottles clanking. Man, they're. They're do, they're thinking so hard and they're they're trying so much and yeah it's just us fumbling around yeah. like idiots. So um, in last place, surprisingly, we have the bastard of all bastards, the French toast. Oh, you haven't tried arrogant bastard. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she hasn't. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to get a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that sucks. It was very disappointing. I don't know. Boy, you try I, I saw it <laughs> in the store. So like, and I was like, "Ooh, French toast breakfast." You know. So we were just, we were day drinking at Maker Camp. Oh and, yeah. Okay. And I pulled one of these. We had a four pack, and I'm like, "I'm gonna give her one of these." And she starts drinking, it, and she saw what it is, and then she saw it was 11, percent and she's like, "I gotta do I gotta more make shit." <laughs> Work with tools. I'm about to weld. weld. <laughs> I can't TIG weld with a with an eleven percent. Doesn't sound like a good idea. No, doesn't sound like a good. Neither does axe throwing. We did that too. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't ad hoc axe. It was in a trailer with fences. Like it was one sure, of those yeah, ad hoc yeah, yeah, right, yeah, It was yeah. So. yeah. Supervised, but it was the kind of place where you'd expect someone to just roll out some stumps and be mm. just throwing axes in a crowd. I mean, it was that it, kind oh, of place. Well, <laughs> the, uh, well, there is that moment when we we did have the redneck games going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, I felt like I was back at home in Brooksville the entire week that we were there, really, because every night when I mean there was a party every night. Um. And a bonfire every night, and they got bigger as the days gone, and, sure. and and the parties got bigger, and and yeah, things got crazy. But you played a game, played stump. You did. It's a bar game where you have a stump and a nail and a hammer, and you try to drive the the nail in like Somebody the whole else's. way with one hit. There's different variations of the game. We were playing an elimination version of the game. Yeah. But, okay. uh, where and you, you came to, in you second. Had to, you had to flip the hammer and catch it. And however you catched it is how you had to swing it. Mm. So if you made a bad catch, you're having an awkward swing. Mm. And then you hit someone else's nail. And it's the last man standing. If your nail's not buried totally in the stump, 
you win. And the, this stomp, I have pictures of it. It was what it, it's I almost mean, as big as this kitchen table. Yeah, and it was this deep. It was huge. This You're tree had to have been like eighteen inches deep. Yeah, and. It wasn't quite circular, but it was over three feet in diameter. Oh, well, yeah, because I couldn't reach over it. I I couldn't even reach half. I might have been able to reach halfway. For those of you who know metric, look it up. (laughs) Okay, back to my my, um, surprising uh, evaluation of these wonderful beers that we had. Last Place Founders. Number, uh, what, how many we have? Six? No, so number five, we had the um, Prison City. Yeah, yeah. Um, (sighs) I was really surprised. I thought that one was going to be good, but it just, I don't know, it just didn't have a lot of flavors. It was very muted, like Greg said. Um, In third, fourth, wait, where am I? Fourth Fourth place. place. the Shubrew's eight four, yeah, which also surprised me because, like I said, I just had this a few weeks ago on tap, and I had two of them, and I really Probably enjoyed was a lot it. Fresher on tap, that's my idea. yeah. Um, but it's it's up against. Our... <laughs> You're so confusing. She put numbers on our notes, but she put num- she put the numbers backwards. So her number one beer is her last. The first beer no, she's going to read. The, the number one is the that number is the read. first one we tasted. Tasted. I, oh. I the numbers are how we went in the order. So oh, yeah, oh, okay. although one and two are are six and five. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. Um, all right, so in third place, then we have uh, what was this? The, the, the liquid. The, fuck you from from motherfucker. What's it called? <laughs> Foul mouth. The foul mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it um, it just it was really good, but dumbed down a little bit. Um, I did really like the. Uh, if I I think if it wasn't for the cranberries. It really wouldn't have much of that tartness that you expect in a sour. Um, and I don't know. It was good, though. It, but, yeah, it's up against a, a tough crowd. So um, second place, we have the uh, cool shit. <sighs> Almost swayed, but there's still the... F- it's all right, babe. Yeah. Um, and then first, of course... <laughs> That hodad, which I'm still drinking, and yeah. um, but I agree. Like you can't drink a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It was like that pizza boy one that I had, the sunny side up. Oh, the it was coffee barrel sunny side up. So yeah, sunny uh, coffee stout. Yeah, it was a coffee stout, and that was excellent. But uh, it was like this, yeah. you know, and. It just full of flavors, and they were blended so perfectly together. But you really can't drink a lot of it. It's true. It's true. And and because you said that for my fuck Mary kills, I think you did. You didn't sway me in ranking, but yeah. you know, I think that the cool ship is is the is the Mary and the fiddlehead. 
becomes the like Sports Illustrated model who you're like, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm, I gotta fuck. G that. Greg, who are you going to kill? I'm going to kill Craig. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> that was awesome. All right, I'm going to be good. <laughs> I could do. <laughs> I could put Craig in this one too, but I won't. <laughs> Hold on a second here. Spicy. What? I had to. I had to. That was just too perfect. <laughs> so you should have kept the going. <laughs> I, I should have, right? Yeah. I mean, he does have a bed everywhere he goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. I'll stop. <laughs> <coughs> I'm just having fun and drinking. So, anyways, yeah, I'm going to marry the cool ship because the cool ship is just, yeah, every day, all day. Um, and I'm going to definitely fuck the shit out of the ho dad. Um, got a big dick too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad! Like not too big, but like. Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of girth. Mm-hmm. Fuck me, ho, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm killing that stupid bastard. Yeah, Craig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I'm gonna. Uh, you know, I agree. Cool ship is the Mary. The who dad is the fuck, and I'm gonna abort the uh, French toast bastard. All right. All right. Yeah. This is great. See you next time. It's hanging. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. See y'all. Let me do a fade out before you do that. No, I want to stop it. Just stop, man. Just stop. <laughs>